This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Bellman Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds walk away from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Pataudry for free on match days. Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round, and get fired in with our exclusive discounts. Head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pound of Foster's, a £4 for a pint of Moretti or Dark Fruits, or £5 for a pint of Fierce or a Daiquiri any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Red slight of foot there. It's Tuesday and you know what that means. Welcome to episode 82 of the ABZ Football Podcast. I'm Gary Scott and, well, for this one, it's just me on my lonesome as we tidy up some loose ends from the weekend just gone. If you want to hear our immediate reflections on the Viaplay League Cup semi-final defeat to Sevco, head on over to episode 81 from Sunday evening. In this episode, I'll quickly focus in on the latest news from the club over the last week. We'll check in with the women's team and we'll preview Wednesday's clash with Hearts at Tynecastle in the company of a view from the terraces, Joel Sked. But first, main news from the club this week arriving on Monday evening as our allocation for next week's Scottish Cup tie at Darville was finally confirmed. And this is a doozy. The Dons now being allocated 1000 210 tickets, which means the original forecasted amount has been slashed by 500. And with some interesting guidance from the club, unless you're situated at the front, there's a reasonable probability you won't be actually able to see the pitch. And also, due to TV countries situated in the away end, views are also going to be restricted from those areas too. A bargain at the price of £18 for this one. Uh, for the avoidance of doubt, I think, you know, the, the three of us on the show are totally for Darvel having the right to host a game at Recreation Park if that's what they want to do. It is the magic of the cup after all, but let's be honest, this whole saga has been a little bit of a farce. The Dons now look at the shift, just over 1,200 tickets with less than a week to go for a Monday evening game in Ayrshire that's live on the telly. Anyway, now that we know what's happened with that one, Godspeed to those of you making the trip to Darville next Monday, but that does mean we can move on to Lone Watch from the weekend. Conor McLennan coming off the bench for St. Johnston, scoring Saints second as they fell to a 4-2 defeat to Livingston at McDermott Park. Kin missing out once again as Wraith drew 2-2 at Cove Rangers in the Championship. That's still due to injury for the young Aberdeen player. Tom Ritchie, another start for him, another hammering for the young keeper as Peter Head were beaten by four goals to nil at East End Park in League One. For Jack Milne, farmed out to Kelty Hearts last week and he came off the bench on the hour mark as Kelty fought back to claim a point in a 1-1 draw with Airdrieonians in League One. Milne, though, curiously deployed as a central midfielder after coming off the bench. Not entirely sure how that will go down with the Dons hierarchy as they attempt to convert the one-time midfielder into a centre-half. On to Elgin City, Evan Towler with a move back to Elgin for the remainder of the season after his spell at Cove Rangers was cut short. And it was straight back into the Elgin team for Towler 
and fellow Don's Loney Aaron Reid also started as Elgin drew 1-1 with Annan Athletic in League 2. Towler subbed at halftime, Reid with an assist for Elgin before he was substituted after 72 minutes. And for Dean Campbell, well, down to earth with a bump for Dino as he came off the bench just after the hour mark as Stephen is drew 1-1 with Harrogate Town in League 2 down south. Onto the women's team. The women's team returning to SWPL1 action on Sunday afternoon and they ground out a crucial 2-0 win over Hamilton Ackes at the Balmoral. Goals from Hannah Stewart and Bailey Hutcherson handing the Dons their third win of the season, their second in the last three games, lifting them up into ninth spot. Only two points now behind Spartans in eighth place. Next up, it is the visit of Hearts to the Balmoral on Sunday afternoon. And... Talking of hearts, let's turn our attention quickly to Wednesday evening's trip to Tyne Castle for the Dons' first team as Jim Goodwin will look to bounce back quickly from the disappointment of the semi-final defeat at Hamden on Sunday afternoon. And already, this one looks like it could be a decider for third place. The Dons now sitting in fifth after the weekend just gone, sitting six points behind Hearts following their 1-0 win over St Mirren at Tynecastle on Friday night. And it's fair to say the Jambos have made a roaring start to action following the World Cup break, unbeaten in all six of their games so far. Four wins and two draws, which has seen them very much snatch the initiative away from the Dons, who, you know, as we're all frankly aware, have toiled since the return of the domestic game. As is, the Dons haven't won at Tynecastle since May 2017, goals from Adam Rooney and Anthony O'Connor, remember him, stealing a 2-1 win as the Dons finished that campaign in second spot. A 2-0 win for the home side on our last visit to Gorgie in March 2022. A desperately poor evening's work as Jim Goodwin's honeymoon period at the Dons certainly began to grind to a halt. Of course, a 2-0 win for Aberdeen at Pataudrick earlier in the season, goals from Duke and Vinny Bajowin after a one-legged Duke assist which sealed a much-needed win for the Dons, which came off the back of a 4-0 defeat at Tannadice the week prior. Interestingly, both sides come into this one with relatively similar statistics in terms of goals for and against Hearts, marginally more prolific in attack with 37 goals to the Dons, 35 so far this season. The majority of those goals for the Jambos coming via Lawrence Shankland. And at the back... Hearts nearly as leaky as the Dons as well, conceding 31 to Aberdeen's 32. And it's curious, isn't it? Because Aberdeen's defensive frailties have been highlighted by all and sundry this season. Very little talk about how the Jambos are performing at the back. Of course, now, Craig Gordon will miss the remainder of the season through injury, as will Craig Halkett. Hearts boasting their back line with the signature of uh, some lad, Hill, from Bournemouth on loan. And Hearts, with a reasonably strong home record so far, the fourth best in the league, they've lost only two of their 10 games at home, winning seven and drawing one. But let's be honest, this is one that already feels pivotal. A win for Hearts on Wednesday evening, and it becomes hard to see how the Dons can overhaul a nine-point gap, especially given our away form so far this season. A win for the Dons, though, sees the gap cut to three points, and then it is all to play for all of a sudden. A huge game, and you'd imagine Robbie Nielsen and co. were having a good old chuckle watching the Dons play 120 minutes on an energy-sapping pitch at Hamden on Sunday afternoon, especially now given there's injury doubts potentially over Duke, Miofsky, Leighton Clarkson, Johnny Hayes, and even Ilber Ramadani, who, of course, 
took a volleyed ball straight in the coupon from Captain Extraordinaire Tony Stewart. A huge game, as always. We got the views from the Jam Tart side of things by sitting down to talk with a view from the Terrace's own Joel Sked. Joel Sked, welcome back to the ABS Football Podcast. How's it going? Yes, very well. Thank you very much for having me. Not a problem. Uh, here to talk about, obviously, the big one on, on Wednesday night at uh, Tynecastle, Aberdeen travelling to Gorgie for the first time this season. Critical one, I think, for Aberdeen. More importantly, I think, for Hearts, this one. Because you've obviously got... We're talking about this just again for people listening in. We're, we're, we're discussing this on... What's this now? The Wednesday, Wednesday. before the, the game. So Hearts obviously play St Mirren at Tynecastle on Friday. So it's always a bit difficult, isn't it, to try and guess how this is going to pan out when there's still a game to go. But it does. It feels like it's a critical one, doesn't it, right now? Yeah, I th- I'm really, really uh, looking forward to it. It's, uh, I think it's always exciting. Uh, Hearts Aberdeen games, even more so kind of under the lights uh, at Tynecastle, be a decent away support. And uh, Tynecastle, I've been saying this to a couple of non-supporting Hearts um, friends or folk I know, is that Hearts tickets at the moment are, and I can't believe I'm using this word, gold dust. <laughs> Whether it's uh, certain away games or home games, it's just really difficult to get a ticket just because there's such a, a positive feeling around the club uh, with the team, with the decisions which are being made both on the pitch and off the pitch as well. So it does seem like, a, it will, well, it doesn't seem like it will be a, a massive match. And like you said, I think it's more for Aberdeen just because Hearts are in currently, uh, we are in pole position in third place. I think Hibs and more so Aberdeen missed an opportunity in the first few months of the season when we had to juggle Europe and um, had their injuries and now we're kind of kind of levelling up with yeah. uh, getting transfers done early on in the in the window and then you add in Aberdeen's let's say wretched away form and there's That's a lot of pressure on very polite yes fucking horrendous is how I would describe it <laughs> so yeah I think that I think the pressure the pressure certainly lies with with, with Aberdeen more so than more so than Hearts. Because obviously Hearts come back, you've kind of come back all firing after the World Cup break as well, unbeaten in the last five. I know it was a bit iffy at um, Paisley on on Saturday, but you know, it sounds cliche, but it's true. Paisley's not an easy place to go and pick up three points no, this season. No, it's a very, very difficult place to go to pick up uh, points this season. I think only Motherwell have done it. Uh, Aberdeen have lost, Hibs have lost, Celtic have lost, Rangers have dropped points as well. So Stephen Robinson has built a very, very difficult team. And speaking, it's just kind of spoke to Snodgrass after the match and I've spoke to uh, other players who have kind of, uh, or managers who have said the same is that if they get in front, then they just make it a back five. Yeah. And you've seen it with Kilmarnock recently when they drew now and uh, St Mirren got a man set off within like the first three minutes and then they just found it so difficult to break them down just because they're such a well-organised side with so much intensity and energy. Uh, so yeah, I think looking back on it, that would be a very good point. It's definitely an interesting one next Wednesday. I've already spoken about it on our show. Um, this is It's a huge month, this one, for Aberdeen, more than anything. Mm-hmm. The game's just come thick and fast. Obviously, we've got the semi-final. On Sunday, then we play, we've got two away games in Edinburgh in the league coming up, uh, the Darvel Cup game as well, which does still have banana skin all yep. over it. Um, it's just, it's that no win situation, isn't it, for a top flight team going into that one. You win it 2-0 and everyone goes, well, you should have done that. Anything less than that. And it's, it's critical, uh, it's criticism central. I was just looking through the, the numbers of the teams, because you touched on it, that I think Aberdeen in particular, I think we really missed an opportunity at the start of the season. We touched on it when you guys were still in Europe, a lot of injuries, etc., to really steal a march. And as we go into 
you get like I say, you guys play on, on Friday night at St. Mirren. At the moment, the gap's three points. You've got that game in hand on Friday. It could be six points by the time we turn up to, to Tyne Castle on, on Wednesday night. And it feels for me anything less than an Aberdeen win at that point. Feels like we've kind of already handed third place away, I think. Yeah, I was speaking to a couple of pals about that as well. And I think it's we looked at the next three fixtures. So before we went to St Mirren and if we get seven points out of those three games and three of those points were against Aberdeen, that it's, I think it's not finished, but it is a very, very strong position. I I can't see many teams coming back from that gap to us. And it's more of, also, you add in the mental side of things that Aberdeen are going to the rivals for third. To, I mean, Aberdeen have been second, third, uh, for for like or for so long, and then when it mattered last season, Hearts got into that position, and now it's that almost lose, and then have been nine points behind them, a team who uh, have got a fair bit of money. Uh, built a really strong squad and it's a mental thing that you're just like what what can we do to uh, to bridge that uh, to kind of bridge that gap yeah we've been talking about that a lot recently about the fact that last you know I think we spoke about as well last time you were on but you know I think the decision to to let Derek McInnes leave Aberdeen was, was probably the right one at the time mm. you know, I think things had got to a point where it was very stagnant it was very stale I think he had had, had he'd had his time and it had been successful but it was starting to tail off the decision with Stephen Glass etc you know, at the time it happened, it's horrendous decision making in retrospect now because we all knew there was the the big carrot was there for, for yeah. guaranteed European football pretty much until as was you guys picked up last season, obviously. And then it becomes that thing for us and okay, well we have to we have to get back this season. It's an absolute must because for for a club of Aberdeen, we can't allow Hearts to do this two seasons on the trot because it sets you cells up as you just touched on, financially in a place where yeah. You can almost make that third spot kind of your own almost for the foreseeable future with that. So unless Aberdeen, unless the board, unless Dave Cormack and I decide to try and bridge that gap themselves personally, which is asking them to put up a lot of cash. Yeah, it was it's interesting that because I was at the aid the Hearts AGM recently, uh, I think it was back it'd been back in December, uh, and they kind of said that it wasn't as lucrative this season as some like probably many would expect it just because I think in the end Hearts uh, will make us get a three million pound profit which is which is massive massive for a, a club uh, clubs of our size that below the, the old firm which is absolutely massive but uh, at, kind of when you qualify for group stage I think oh maybe we'll get five six million in but there was a lot of investment into the infrastructure and everything around it and there's a lot of learnings to, uh, to uh, be taken off the field with travel etc um, organising planes and stuff so we could have given you a director of football to do that if you want yeah <laughs> we've, we've, we've got a very very capable one at the moment and uh, with that and and, and but with this season, having gone through that, if you qualify for the second time around, it just becomes even more lucrative because you've already got all that in place. So there's there's also kind of that that to consider, and it's it's massive now, third place. But in a way, well, not in a way. It, the Scottish Cup is actually more important. But with the way Celtic and Rangers are kind of back to kind of duking it out at the top, the Scottish Cup becomes even more important to either one who doesn't win the league. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's funny. I'm looking at the, I'm looking again at the teams at the moment, the stats this season, and actually Aberdeen and Hearts are relatively well matched at this moment in time. Kind of relatively similar in terms of goals scored: thirty six for Hearts, thirty five for Aberdeen. 
goals for Aberdeen have kind of dried up obviously since the World Cup, since we've come back from World Cup break. And even in the in, in the defensive side, um, both teams pretty leaky. Um, mm-hmm. Aberdeen obviously have been, you know, we've we've had a lot of criticism this season, deservedly so, for how bad defensively defensively we've been at times. And I was astonished actually just looking at this now to see the Hearts only conceded one less goal than us this season. So I, th- I think I think that uh, we have. I was looking at it the uh, footmob the the app I use. I think it's. Um, the data is provided by Opta, yeah. and we've been sitting at the top of expected goals conceded for the majority of the season, which is which is mental when you consider it. But we've we gave up loads of shots last. We gave up loads of shots and chances last season as well. So, I mean, it looks. I think the easy thing to say about that is injuries. Just we've not been able to have a a, a, cons- a consistent defence. Um, Craig Halkett's, um his absence is, is, is hurt us massively then midfield we do we are a bit more of an open team the way we play um, a bit more space in midfield and we're certainly a bit more t- attacking than we probably were under Nielsen first time around yeah it's just like cause I was looking at the numbers again because it's hilarious looking at it, the, the, the two top teams in the league two top teams in the mm. league from expected goals conceded perspective our hearts first and Aberdeen second yeah um, which is horrendous when you then look at the fact United are behind us considering they've got you know, a nine and two fours in their canon this season alone. So it's been interesting because I think we, again, we spoke about it, I'm pretty sure when you were on um, last time round about this, because it was that Craig Gordon last season was obviously getting all the plaudits for the number of saves he was making and he was leading the league in terms of saves made and percentage of um, goals prevented and all that kind of stuff. And we spoke about it, it was that thing about that tells you one half the story, which is that actually the hearts are giving up a lot of opportunities and it just so happened you had Craig Gordon and the Sticks having an, an unbelievable season obviously out for the rest of this season now do you think that's going to have a an impact on Hearts Xander Clark's also a more than kind of capable replacement at this league at this level but it's a big ask isn't it to take someone like Gordon out of the out of the starting lineup. Yeah, it is. I think this season's a lot. It's a lot better time to do it this season than, than last season, uh, just because we have Xander Clark and it's always. I mean, no matter we, no matter who you had in reserve, it was always going to be a drop off with with, with Gordon. He's not been as. Uh, not been as consistent this season as he was last season. I mean, it would have been very difficult for him to keep up his consistency yeah. last season because he was making world-class... Well, from the outside looking in, the world-class stops, but from someone who's watched him over two spells at Hearts, you just kind of get... It's almost expected that he makes yeah. him. Um, a wee bit more fallible this season, especially with his um, uh, kicking. I think he's kind of cost us a couple of goals he's kicking, but always a massive loss. Xander Clark was a wee bit... A wee bit unsure of him, be just because I forced for a long time at St Johnson he was quite inconsistent and I went through spells where I think he gave up cheap goals. But over the last eighteen months of his career, McDermott Park, he was probably his most consistent spell. He was brilliant in the second half of the season when they won the double, and since he's came in, he's been really reliable. He is, I think, he just he's a he's a better goalkeeper if he's um, with the ball at his feet. Uh, I think he is someone who straight straight away he uh, puts defenders' minds at ease. Mm-hmm. I think defenders are really comfortable playing uh, playing in front of him. So it's actually been relatively relatively seamless, which is uh, probably the best probably the best we could hope for in terms of replacing Craig Gordon. And at the sharp end of the pitch, you know, um, 
Lawrence Shanklin's also been the guy who's come in and 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 scored the goals for Hearts, top scoring the league with 15 so far, eight of those penalties. And then there's a big drop off from there in terms of where the goals are then coming from. Alan Forrest started the season really well, I thought. I don't know, I haven't seen as much from him recently. Um, just in terms of Shanklin, because obviously, you know, ex-Aberdeen player, um, mm-hmm. never really never really looked like he was going to make it at the top level at Aberdeen, although he didn't really necessarily get the opportunities. He's had a couple of loan spells out with the likes of Morton, St. Mirren and stuff, and it didn't quite work out from there either. And I think a lot of Aberdeen fans probably raised a lot of eyebrows as well, I think, when Hearts decided to, to go from him in the summer, because it was that thing about, yeah, he's got a good goal-scoring record, championship level, but it's not quite there, up that, that, that step up. What do you think he's actually brought to the Hearts team this season? Because I'm surprised he's done as well as he's done. He has been absolutely brilliant. And so when Hearts signed him in the uh, in the summer, it was a lot of uh, few pals as well. A lot of Hearts fans just viewed it as they looked at his goal scoring record for Dun United in the Premiership, and he looked at his goal scoring record in Belgium, and neither were uh, that great. And then I'm reminded saying there's 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 a lot of context has to be given. Like with Dun United, uh, he scored so many goals for United. Dun United in the Championship, but with Dun United in the Premiership, he was asked to do so much. And it was he was basically he was up the pitch, and then the rest of the team were like forty yards behind him. In Belgium, he was playing right wing at times, yeah. but he is. And then now you have got people going, "Oh, yeah, all these goals are are penalties." He's so much more tossed than a goal scorer. He is someone they can just he just knock the ball into, and his touch is brilliant. His awareness and intelligence of link and play being able to turn defenders, make room for himself, make room for other players, bring other players into, uh, into play. Just his movement has, has been so, so good. And I think it's testament that Robbie Nielsen gave him the captain's armband because you can see him. He's a real leader, both him and Robert Snodgrass on the pitch. And both can exude that personality confidence, but they are two players that players look to, especially in possession when things are tough, that, they're immediately there's two reference points are Snodgrass and Shankland, and you know that you've knocked it to Shankland. Even if you knock knock it into him in uncomfortable situations, or if, if it's just maybe a yard to his right, yard to his left, or um upper body where it's a wee bit awkward, he'll still bring it down, he'll still control it and release that pressure. He is he he does a lot for what in terms of what Liam Boyce brought to us the last mm-hmm. two seasons, but I just think he's he's uh, he's a level of, uh, he's a level above. If he had pace, he would be playing at the very very top. Uh, I really do believe that, and I just I just think he is the he's the striker that we've um, that we very much needed, and he's been he's been so so good. I mean, a lot of people look at just like oh, he scored a lot of penalties, but he's he's so much more than that. It's interesting as well. Actually, just looking at your numbers as well in terms of like set play goals this season. Um... I think sitting in terms of like seven goals from set plays, five goals from set plays, sorry, this season so far, which for me, it's, it's the third lowest in the league. Um, that strikes me as being, being very unhearts like I always associate hearts with being strong at set pieces. Yeah. And that's an interesting change in dynamic as well, I think. Again, it's 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 one of those where I think uh, circumstance not helped in that you we have not had the two best headers off a ball and Stephen Kingsley and Craig Halkett. Uh, who are uh, who attack the ball so well? Stephen Kingsley, especially in an attacking sense, and uh, Craig Halkett from a defensive sense, we've missed them for large chunks of this season. We do. Snodgrass has a brilliant delivery, but we actually tend to play it a wee bit 
uh, more often short plays. Mm-hmm. Just because we've not we've not got a big team. You look at Cami Devlin, Barry McKay, Alan Forrest, Lauren Shankland. He's a target man. He's not a mat. He's, he's not someone who's he kind of um, just hawk the ball into and he'll, he'll he'll win loads of headers. So yeah, we're not the we're not the big strong physical hearts of uh, old. Which there's aspects of that I really miss. Uh, really enjoy. Um, the fact that they used to get under opponent's skin by being that that kind of that uh, tough team, and I just think it's um, just the way the team have evolved under Nielsen, where we are um, kind of corners will try and look to be a bit more smart. Obviously, we're in the transfer window now, January window. Hearts, same as Aberdeen, a couple of acquisitions already now. So James Hill on loan from Bournemouth till the end of the season. He's a centre half, so presumably he's in to cover. Halkett, obviously, with his injury for the end of the season. And then I guess the more intriguing one, uh, Yutaro Oda from Vissel Kobe. Um, mm. Three-year deal as well, it looks like, on that one for him till the back end or till May 26. How likely is it, Jake, we'll see these guys involved next Wednesday? Um, and what are, what, what are you kind of expecting out of, I guess, the two of them? But I suppose Oda's the one that's the more exciting to talk about, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, so I'm not seeing I'm not seeing any James Hill, uh, but my uh, my pal looked at him and said he kind of said he's uh, he's decent, he's aggressive, he'll, but he's more similar in the way he plays to kind of Toby Civic rather than Craig Halkett. He's not the <laughs> not the not a dominant um, aerial presence. Uh, he's more uh, someone who who look to engage with the defenders on the ground. He likes a slide tackle and he um, he's quite. Um, quite assured of himself on in, in possession and moving the ball out, uh, so I can't see him come. I, he's he's not someone I can envision coming in and starting every week. I think he is a, a squad player, um, a, a lone squad player, and I think we're uh, there's a couple of centre backs we have been interested in, but I'm not sure J- January is the one where Hearts are able to get them. So a, a kind of stopgap loan uh, makes sense. Whereas Oda, I've actually just I spent the morning a wee bit. Uh, time watching him I think so we've got a three and a half year deal so I think these next four or five months will be about kind of him settling him mm-hmm. he's not he's played 60 games for Vissel Kobe but um, trying to think less than half uh, so fewer than half of those are starts uh, he's only completed 90 minutes I think five times over his career so he's um, he's a young forward player who I think is one one for now but more so the future so I think we'll see him be a, a, just a squad player he'll get um, I think he'll dip his toes in over the next few months and maybe get a start here or there but I think he'll be more uh, used as a impact sub someone who will someone who's quick he likes to take defenders on his dribbles he likes to run in behind so I think he's someone who will uh, be very useful when games get stretched or if we need a, um, a, a a different option in attack he can play on the right probably play on the left and he's for the Japan under 21s he's played as a, a central striker but I can't see him playing that often so you know, I think both Hills, more of a squad player, Oda one for the future. I think it's the two others we've been linked with. Garan Kuhl from Newcastle, who should hopefully be signing in the next couple of days. He will be one, I think, we look to make a, an immediate impact mm-hmm. and will play regularly. And then Callum Patterson as a right wing back would be a massive um, a, a, a massive boost and give us a bit more um, energy on the right-hand side. Oda, do you think? Is that, uh, does that spell the end of Gary McKay-Stevens? Time at Tankers, would you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. He's 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 been injured. He is. 
I remember speaking to Aberdeen fans when we signed them and it was they were like, you'll get out of four games, you'll get one excellent performance where he dominates. You'll get uh, maybe a couple of games where we have a couple of you'll have a um, a moment or two in him, and then you'll have a game where he just does absolutely nothing. For those four games, um, for Hearts, he's maybe done a moment in one, uh, or so a couple of moments in one, a moment in another, and then be non-existent for uh, for third and uh, the third and fourth game. But he's, I was speaking to Craig Fowler and. Sorry, I was I seen what Craig uh, Fowler put in our group chat, and he was just like, he's probably signing have been most one of the most disappointing signings that have uh, happened for Hearts, just because he's similar to me, having seen uh, GMS at Dundee United and at Aberdeen, he was just such he could be such a fun player. Yeah. He'd get the ball and he would just uh, he, would, he would do a bit of skill or he would take on players, and you think on his day just unplayable. There's been none of that. There's been no electricity, no fun, no vibrancy about his performance. And he just almost looked like he's he's playing within himself. There's no, uh, just like, I know he's not that type of character, but just that not had any kind of killer instinct at Hearts. And it's been really, really disappointing. So I can't see, I can't see him being involved that much longer at, at Timecast, which is unfortunate because he was just a, a player who's really looking forward to, uh, looking forward to see him. Yeah, can't say I'm disappointed that we decided not to, or we missed out on that one at the time. It's fair to say. I think um, I think the right yeah. was already in the wall from a uh, from a case when he left Aberdeen first time around. So, uh, oh good, oh good. Well, coming in, we'll um, we'll wrap things up, but we'll um, as always, we'll, we'll ask our guest to venture prediction for for next Wednesday evening. Oh, uh, I um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'll go three two hearts. I think it'll be quite an exciting game. I am t- very much taking into account our strong home form against Aberdeen's uh, wretched uh, away form. And I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, especially against uh, Duke, uh, watching him again against St. St. Johnston. And just, he is, uh, he's coming on to being one of my favourite players outside of Tynecastle. He's just such a, a fun presence to watch. So I think with, with him and the team, Aberdeen have got goals um, goals in them we don't keep many clean sheets so yeah uh, an exciting win uh, an exciting game uh, which Hearts will hopefully edge out lovely stuff Joel Sked thanks so much for joining this game on the ABZ Football Podcast uh, we'll catch you later on thanks so much thank you very much for having me so there we have it that will wrap up this episode of the ABZ Football Podcast thanks for joining us please remember to like subscribe and follow or whatever you might do on your podcast player of choice obviously a couple of short episodes in the last couple of weeks join us next time round for episode 83 where we'll look back on our clash with hearts before we preview our scottish cup tie with darville next monday we we'll look forward to seeing you then stanfrey This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with the Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti, or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop taking supporters to Stadium for free on match days. Come on, you Reds.